0: Pastor Kyle, I love your anointing. It's so attractive. I'm so attracted to his anointing. Is anybody else like that? He's so anointed. I'm so attracted. Not, you know, like, you, you know, not, not weird. I'm just attracted to your anointing. You know? <laughs> Got to be careful today, man, what you say. You know, like, oh, Pastor Troy said he, you know, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said, Jesus in you is so attractive. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I saw, I saw somebody else today in Lorraine just operating in their anointing, man, and it, it just, I could just say, man, there's so much room for uh, your gift in the world, you, you, don't, you don't need to be intimidated or try to be somebody else, man, you should just be your weird, wild self, you know what I mean, like, and the more weird you are, the more you should be comfortable being who you are, you know, don't let anybody tell you that you're weird make, means you're broken, like, honestly, like, your are weird makes you original. So, uh, say this with me, make me a Simeon. Come on, one more time, make me a Simeon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach a Christmas message today. Um, I don't really do that, I just, but if you, if you so if you were ever going to, if they ask you to pray around Christmas or read scripture around Christmas, listen, You, the go-to is Luke 2, all right, so... Uh, Luke 2, man. If you, you've got to pray something, you know, around Christmas, just go to Luke 2. Just start reading. You're good. You're gold. Luke 2. So in Luke 2, I want to read with you uh, starting in verse. Uh, I need my. I mean, I need. I put those glasses down there. I can't see. Luke two, Luke 2. Let's start in verse 25, I think. Luke 2, verse 25. Um. Yeah. 25. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's important. We'll come back to that, underline that. Waiting for, were they waiting for? Consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. That's so good. It's important that you know right away that what Simeon is doing the function of, of Simeon in this text belonged to a high priest. Okay? So just put that in your mind. What Simeon is about to Simeon's about to prophesy, and he's about to he's about to take authority in areas that originally belonged to that would be the that would be the position of the high priest that would perform these things. But Simeon is not noted. <laughs> Simeon, got to turn those lights on. Simeon, in the text, so I want you to see where Simeon, how, Simeon, how they, he, he is defined, his character is defined. Behold, there was a what? He's just a man. He's not labeled as a high priest, but, he, but in the text, you'll see he functions as a high priest. He didn't have the title, but he had the authority. We live in a society that wants the title but doesn't want the authority. We live in a society that wants the virtue but not really the justice. We live in a society that wants to look like it but not have it. right? And, and here Simeon comes and he prophesies at a very critical time of, of the world. He comes and he, and he offers a prophecy into time that is formative and directive of what God is doing and is, has done. This, this man, he's just a man. And it's by the author here is being very intentional, God in, in, in communicating the heart of God to the world at the time. And he says, he was a man in Jerusalem who's, his name was Simeon. And this man, was, he was just and he was devout. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. He went to church, y'all. And when the parents brought him in, Brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to custom of the law. See that? The custom of the law. He took Jesus up in his arms. He lifted him up. He saw him. He beheld him. He lifted him up. And this is what he said. He said, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said, now what I want you to see is he took him up in verse 28. It says he took Jesus up, he lifted him, and he blessed who? He blessed God. He blessed God because he was blessing God. He was blessing Emmanuel, so he lifted him and he said, I bless God. A normal high priest would have picked him up and said, I bless this child, but he picks him up and he says, I bless the Lord, I bless God in heaven because he's allowed me to see I bless God. This is the Messiah. He holds him up. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising. Not the rising and the falling. The fall and rising of many in Israel. Secondly, it says, and for a sign, he will be a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed and exposed. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your rich, rich word. Thank you that you open our hearts and minds to receive you today. May the preaching and teaching of your word not be with the eloquence of speech, but rather a demonstration of power that transforms us, leaves us changed today. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. God, make us Simeon's. Make us Simeon's. Make us a church. Think about Simeon. Think about him. He spent his entire life just to see Jesus once. His entire life was committed to... To finding the Messiah. Now, what's important here is that the context of the prophecy of Simeon has the backdrop, that you know the backdrop. So when Simeon prayed, he said, it, it was it described Simeon as being just and devout and searching. He was looking for the, what was he looking for? Consolation of Israel. It's very important that you recognize what's happening here. The time of which Simeon comes and how he comes on the scene. He comes on the scene not in the title or not in the formality of a high priest. He comes on the scene as, as one who has the authority because the Holy Spirit was upon him. And because, so when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will give you authority that titles can't. So you'll function differently when you walk in step with the Holy Spirit than you will when, rather than pursuing, you know... The form of something. Let us be a church. Let us be a people. Let us be the people of God that, that search for the power of God rather than the form of God. Let us be a people who come not in search of, of, of to be gluttons of power and, and authority, but rather those who surrender under the hand of the of authority of heaven. Let us under the, understand the authority that God's given to us so we would spend our lives in pursuit. Of Jesus the whole world at that point was under oppression they were under the oppressive hand of, of, of Rome the whole world under the oppressive hand of Rome and and everyone is looking. See, not, the context matters because everyone, all of Israel was looking for someone. They were looking for a Messiah to come militarily to relieve them from the oppression of Rome. All of them looking for, for this leader, from this, this liberator. They're looking for a liberator, a, 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 a deliverer. come they're all the Messiah the Messiah is gonna come and so he so so Simeon spends his life looking for Jesus and and the reason the high priests couldn't see Jesus is because they they had a false allegiance to the powers of Rome, so they were blind to see who Jesus would really be. They thought he was going to come in one way, but Simeon was able to see him as he truly was because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and he was devout and separate and he refused to walk in alignment with Rome and the world. He realized when he saw Jesus, he said, just let me see him, God. So what does it tell us today, Jesus, if you're oppressed today? See, the parallel, the parallel there is under, it's five layers deep, and you got to read your Bible though, it's five layers deep, and really, really what they're making reference to is as Moses was the deliverer of Egypt, so Jesus will be the deliverer of the world, Moses, Moses walked through the Red Sea that Jesus was the one who separated. See, Moses Moses lifted up a staff in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the one that comes and has the authority to separate the seas. He is the true deliverer. And what it tells us today is we're looking for Jesus to come and rescue us in one way, but we got to be careful. That we, don't, that we don't see him like Rome. That we don't see him, that we don't attempt to, to manipulate him as the high priests were manipulated and they were used for the authority of Rome to carry out the assignment and Jesus comes and nobody recognizes him but this, this devout man who walked in the authority of the high priest. The high priest didn't recognize Jesus, but he did. Make me a Simeon. That should be your prayer. That's my prayer. Make me a Simeon. Make me. God, I want to be someone who lives purposely to see God to see Jesus God give me a revelation and experience of Jesus that is so strong that it compels me to sacrifice everything that I might just behold him that I might just look into his eyes that burn like fire that I would lift him up the bible says if he be lifted up Simeon lifts him up the bible says if he be lifted up he will draw all men unto him let us lift Jesus and let us surrender ourselves that that all men would be drawn to him let Let us be a church that has the heart of Simeon, that operates and functions as the high priest in a time when nobody will recognize Jesus, but we see him. Let us be a people that sees Jesus, that we might behold him, that we might lift him above the weariness of this world and be at peace with God and man. Let us lift him. Jesus is the consolation. Jesus is the consolation for those who are oppressed today. He's your consolation. He's your liberator. He's the real liberator. He's the true liberator. He's the true deliverer. He's the one that has power over death, hell, and the grave. Moses Moses liberated uh, the the children from from Egypt, but but Jesus has come to liberate us from the power of death, hell, and the grave. He has authority over all things. He's the true Deliverer. He's the Liberator. If you're being oppressed by sickness today, Jesus is the, he's the Liberator. He's the Deliverer. If you're being harassed and oppressed by, by depression today, Jesus is the Liberator. He's the Deliverer. He's mighty to deliver. He's the true Deliverer. He's Emmanuel, God with us. So I ask you, what's oppressing you today? What's oppressing you? What's harassing you? What's keeping you? What, what's restricting you today? What's, what, what's nagging at you from, from the dark realm today? I, I tell you today, to those of us who receive Jesus, he is our liberator. He brings freedom to us. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I don't belong to Rome. I don't belong to this world. I don't belong to this side or that side. My heart belongs to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. And I refuse to make alignments with this world. I refuse to to, to draw draw in unity with this world. No, 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 no. I want to be like Simeon. I want to be a man after God's own heart that I would behold him, that I would see him. I would spend my life in pursuit of him. Let us be a church in Simeon's prophecy. And he comes and he prophesies. Simeon comes and he prophesies. Under the authority of heaven, he he offers this prophecy. And in this Christmas season, I tell you, to those who receive him, you can receive the prophetic promise that he offers. But it is clear that many, many will stumble. Have you asked yourself, why is everybody mad at Jesus? whole world mad at Jesus Allah's cool you, he like the Muslims you, they're cool like you, you you know you can Buddha not really an issue as soon as you start talking about Jesus man soon as you start talking about Jesus people start tripping they're tripping verse 34 I want you to read this for me. it said then Simeon blessed him and he said to Mary's mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall. He said, now, this, this deliverer, this Jesus, this freedom bringer, this liberator, this savior, this Messiah, he's going to make a lot of people trip, man. When I was younger, it, it, you, you'd say something to somebody and they wouldn't receive it. You'd say, you're tripping, man. You're tripping. Stop tripping. you look at your neighbor and say, Stop tripping. You know he's Jesus. You know he's Jesus. Stop tripping, man. Why do we trip? Why do we trip? We trip because, look, we trip for the pride of the sins we carry. That's why we trip. The Bible tells us that he will be a stumbling block. It tells us that in 1 Peter 2, 1 through 10. You could read it later. Take notes. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 10. But it says that they would stumble over Jesus. Why would they stumble over Jesus? Because your sin is offensive, man. Because nobody, nobody, because Jesus brings an indictment upon our sin. He just won't. He said, listen, as long as you want to carry those sins, you're going to trip over me. You'll be tripping. You're gonna keep tripping until you, until you let go of the stuff you're carrying and you give them to me. You'll keep tripping. Stop tripping. You know Jesus is the king. Matthew 10, I want you to know, it, it clearly says that Jesus said himself, Matthew 10, he said, I've come, not to bring peace. There are gonna be many that are gonna fall because I, I, I didn't come to bring peace, but I've come to bring a sword. I've come to divide a man and a woman. I've come to bring division from humanity, from their sin. I've come with a sword, the sword that comes out of my mouth. You know, listen, I just want you to know, if you will receive him today, for those that will receive him, I want you to know, I'm telling you clearly, you will not be able to be comfortable with your sin. Now, don't look around. Don't look around. Everybody has some sin. Everybody got some sin now, so just so everybody, we're all here. For none is righteous, none. All of us got some sin. And Jesus said, I've not come to, to tell you, peace, peace, it's all, everything's cool, just come to me the way you are. Just, he didn't, he, I'll leave you, it's cool, just, you know what, it's cool. You know what, you won't be like that? It's cool, come on. That's what Jesus is saying. No, no, you're not okay. He's telling humanity, no, no you're not you're not okay and i'm not i'm not jesus saying i'm not bringing i'm not bringing a message to to like affirm your dysfunction i've not come to to tell you you know if you want to be called a she or a he and you're a, a her and a he you you can't no No, no, I I will bring a sword of division to your life and I'm going to separate you and I'm going to clarify who you are and who I made and I will not let you live in comfort with your sin. I've come to divide. He later says in the text, he said, I've come to divide families up. He said, I will bring division to families. There will be families that will split vehemently. Some will receive me as the Christ, and there will be others who will deny me as the Christ. There will be some who will surrender their sin and and, and, and acknowledge their sin and know that I am the answer and the remedy for the sin, but there will be others who are prideful in their sin, who carry their sin, who flaunt their sin, who walk arrogantly and pridefully with their sin, and for those I will separate from my bride. He said, I'll bring division. Now, we love when God multiplies. Oh, we love when he he blesses the fish and the loaves and, and they turn into more. We love when he brings favor and blessing upon us. We love that, but we do not like when he cuts us. When he brings division... Division hurts, but it is his grace that brings division. It is his grace that he divides you. Because He, what he's saying is, I must separate you from the darkness that's in you. Because I don't want the darkness that's in you to be multiplied in your tomorrow. So I will divide the sin from you today. So when you walk into your tomorrow, you walk into your tomorrow purer than you were yesterday. So I must divide you before I bless you. I must come in and I must, I must take your sin from you. I can't allow you to carry your sin with you. Because if, if I allow you to carry your sin with you, what you take in one inch, your children will take in ten miles. So I must purge your sin. And, and if you want to receive me as the Messiah, then you must not trip. you got to quit tripping, man stop tripping I heard Ben Shapiro the other day Ben Shapiro he was trying to prove that Jesus wasn't the Messiah and he said he said these words he said it's not a big deal for somebody to raise from the dead I said man you tripping man <laughs> <laughs> I just I just and I said man bro, you tripping man come on you, I, it ain't a big deal Somebody be dead for three days, come back to life, and then ascend to heaven? Come on, man, you're tripping, man. The next time your people around you start talking crazy about Jesus, just look at them and say, you know you're tripping. You're tripping, man. You're stumbling over Jesus because you're carrying your sin, and you want your sin, you want your sin justified rather than remedied. So you just trip. You keep tripping. You keep tripping. You can take them to 1 Peter 2 and you can show them, hey, you're tripping. Just like they was tripping, you tripping. You're tripping. You're tripping over the truth. His name is Jesus. Stop tripping, man. Just acknowledge Jesus. You must be born again. Just acknowledge that and you'll quit tripping. Jesus is going to bring division. Jesus is the only way. They trip. We trip because, I mean, he's the only way. It's, you know, Jesus didn't come, you know, and say, I'm one of the ways. He, he, he just let them all know. They're all faking it, y'all. They're all faking it. Allah, Buddha, all, all of them, all of them faking it. I'm the only way. And he tells them in John, he tells them, and he, he, he just says in John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. And there ain't no way to the Father except through me. That's what he said. He said, and if somebody else tells you there is, they're tripping. They're tripping. They're tripping, man. They're just stumbling over the rock called me. Jesus is what he's saying. They're just stumbling over the rock. And, and it's, it's interesting that he's talking to Israel. He's like, Israel, you know, my own people are going to be tripping. So it's our sin. He said, why is everybody tripping? Because Jesus is the intersection, he stands at the intersection of life that we all must go by. You're not getting out of this life without going through the intersection of Jesus. And you will either trip over him, or you will receive him. You will either stumble, or you will walk, you will walk across the cross of Christ by the grace of God, and you will receive him. That's it verse 32 the prophecy comes if we if we will receive him see me and prophesy he says a light jesus will be a light to bring what revelation jesus is going to those who will receive him in this christmas season jesus will be he'll be a light and he'll bring revelation to darkness i don't ever want you to look at the darkness you face the way you have in the past because what's clear here is that Jesus says that all darkness exists to provide opportunity for a revelation of Jesus
1: so no matter what
0: you're facing in your life with the darkness within when we think of this we think of the darkness on the outside but for just a moment take and point inside and, and I want you to, to, to think about the darkness within your heart. And, and that darkness that's in your heart, allow Jesus to illuminate it. Give him the opportunity to come and to expose the places in your life that are not in agreement with him. The darkness. My son, Masi. Everybody... I'm gonna say something, all right? This is intentional. I'm not being funny. Well, I am being funny, but look. Everybody's as scared of the dark. As scared. It's not a word, but it is a word. It's afraid and scared. As scared. <laughs> and all of us are as scared of the dark if we're honest. <laughs> I go in there and I say, Masi. The other night I walked in, it was like four in the morning. But I gave him this camping light, you know, the one you pull up, and like, the more you open it, the brighter it gets, it's like, man, it's like Jesus in there, you know? And so I go in at 4 in the morning. He's underneath the blankets at 4 in the morning, got that light. Why? It looked like the Shikama Glories underneath the blanket, you know? And I, walk, and I walk in, and I lift it up, and he said, hey, Daddy. And I said, what are you doing? He said, this is what He said. I'm looking for A.Z. A.Z. is his babysitter. She's one of, the, you know, one of the DSM students. He said, I'm looking for A.Z. I said, why are you, go, why are you under the blankets with the light? He said, because I'm scared. I said, what are, you, what are you scared of? He said, the monster's over there in the, in the dark. We all know he lives in the dark. If we're honest, we know that our enemy He dwells in darkness. He dwells in darkness. And Jesus says, I'm going to come into the darkness. And I'm going to expose the enemy who dwells in dark. Here's my encouragement to you. In in Psalms, or no, Luke 1. I want you to read this. Look at this. Luke 1. Through the tender mercy of our God. With which the day from on high has visited us. To give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. To guide our feet to the way of peace. Did you catch it? Jesus said I will reveal myself in your darkness. Psalm says, or, or Luke here says, that he's come to those who sit. Church, look at me, look at me. Don't you never sit down in darkness and make yourself comfortable. Never, never stop to sit what you were meant to walk through and say, yea, though I walk through the valley of a shadow of darkness of death, I will fear no evil. But God has not called us to sit in places of darkness. We are called to move through places of darkness. You're not called to live in depression. You're not called to live in sickness. You're not called to sit down and just make yourself comfortable in it. You're called to move through it. Don't stop. Stop sitting down in the midst of suffering, in the midst of rejection. The, stop sitting where you were meant to travel through. Stop sitting in places like that. If it's dark, man, get your, pick your seat up and just move it on out. If you're over here in the dark and it's too dark, man, I ain't sitting over here in the dark no more, man. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to sit in the light. Don't sit in darkness. Move through. Move through the darkness. Darkness flees. The revelation of Jesus. Psalms 139 verse 12 says, Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. Look what it says. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. You see that? Darkness flees the revelation of Jesus. Next time you're in a dark place, just get an experience with Jesus. Get a revelation of Jesus. A reveal Christ in the midst of your darkness. But my God, don't allow it to stay there. Reveal Christ an opportunity to reveal Christ verse 34 he prophesies Simeon prophesies verse 34 B said Jesus will be a sign He will be a sign that will be spoken against You see that Everybody speak bad about Jesus, you know, don't you get mad when you watch stuff? Why are y'all speaking bad about Jesus see? The, the, the sin you're in, he came to rescue you from. it. you're mad at him. But he said, "He said I will be a sign. There will be a sign, and many will speak against it. More will speak against it than than those who who surrender to it." I was speeding one time. One time. I, don't, I really, man. If I if I pass you up on the highway, really, I just want you to know. I'm not looking at this, I, I really. I'm. I'm. I'm being serious here. I don't even look at the speedometer. I just drive. My mind is like I'm in some. I'm in Texas doing something. You know. I don't know. Like I'm driving down the road, but I'm like I'm building something, putting something together. Most times, I'm creating sermons or something in my mind. Or like, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, You ever get get home and you're like, man, that was dangerous. I shouldn't do that. Like, I I don't remember none of that. You know what I mean? I don't remember none of that. I just drive it, right? So I was speeding one time and the police pulled me over. And uh, listen, don't say this. But he said, you know how fast you was going? I said, no, I didn't even see a sign. (laughs) I lied. Your pastor lied. I lied. I just flat out. I mean, and you don't even really need a sign, do you? you're on I-90 son you drive this thing every day you know what the speed limit is and I just you know I was, I was, you know, I was trying to he got mad he got, y'all get mad if you're a police officer y'all get really mad when we say it. I'm sorry I, I won't say that anymore to a police officer like yes I was going I was going fast and he said he said he said that's, that's not an excuse he yelled at me I don't like to be talked to like that because y'all not talk to us like that, please. (laughs) Just give me the ticket, man. I'm good. Just don't yell at me. Well, maybe you could yell at me if you're going to let me go. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, maybe not, though. But he yelled at me, and he said, the sign is clearly posted. And Jesus said, there will be signs that will be clearly posted That will let you know there is an authority. There is a moral law to be followed. There are signs that will be down. There will be signs that will be posted. And if you receive me, you will see those signs. You will warrant those signs. You will obey those signs. Because if you break the law, there will be consequence to breaking the law. And Jesus says... There is an authority watching. And many will despise the authority and will speak against the signs. The cross, they will speak against the cross. And 1 Corinthians tells us that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power. Of God I want you to know obedience to the signs that God has provided it brings power to the believers life if you will receive Christ today he will provide signs for you that will prove his powers availability there is an authority in obedience to those to those signs Jesus said I will give you power their signs the rainbow in Genesis Jesus God said this, he said, I have provided, look in Genesis nine thirteen. he said, I've set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be for a, it's going to be a sign. It's going to be a sign. And every time you look at that sign, it's going to, it's going to speak of the covenant between me and the earth. It's going to tell you, church, that even though the the clouds got dark and you went through a season of gloominess, much like it is today, after that goes away, I'm going to set something in the sky to let you know there's hope for your tomorrow. Don't Don't you settle in despair. Don't you look at tomorrow like you do right now. I want you to know that I've set a contract in the sky for you to let you know that I got you, even when it's raining, even when it's storming, even when it's lightning, even when things don't. Look good, even when it's gloomy, even when it's bad. I still got you. I set it in the sky for my people, that they might look upon it and they might be filled of courage and hope, and say, "I know God has me." My wife, every time she sees, a, every time she sees a, a rainbow, she's like, "Oh my gosh, look! Stop! Look, a rainbow!" <laughs> you gotta stop, everybody. One time, she's like, "Everybody, come outside! Everybody, come outside!" <laughs> and we all got run outside. <laughs> It's a rainbow! <laughs> but it's a sign. Jesus, he put it there as a sign. It's a sign. and He said, those who receive me will take that sign and it will bless them. It will push them in the direction of, of, of restoration and redemption. And rec- but those who, re- who resist the signs, and they'll speak bad of it. They'll actually make the sign perverted they'll turn the cross upside down and they'll put it on them they'll pervert it and they'll they'll hang it in their schools and in their civic institutions and they'll make the sign represent something that is perverted and for those who reject it the sign becomes judgment so you receive him and the sign pushes you in the direction of blessing or you reject him and you speak or pushes you in the direction of judgment Prophecy is a sign. Just three signs here. Prophecy is a sign. In Luke 21, 7, they said, hey, what will be the sign when you come back? And he lists a bunch of them. What will be? He said, man, it's gonna, there's going to be famines, earthquakes. There's gonna be, people are going to hate each other. They're going to they're be tripping. There's going to be signs. Prophecy is a sign. He gave us prophecy because he said, he said, I want you to know a thing before the thing happens, so when the thing happens, you knew that I knew that that thing was going to happen, and you'll be encouraged to know that I got it all under control. That's what prophecy does for us, but it's a sign. But to, but to those who reject Christ, prophecy is condemnation. Prophecy is an indictment. They speak against the signs, and as I close, and as I close, I go to verse 35, This one's interesting. Simeon prophesies. He says, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. Speaking to Mary. And he said that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That the thoughts, the thoughts of our hearts will be exposed. For those who receive me, I'm going to... Everybody remember um, Fred Sanford? <laughs> okay. coming to join you. Elizabeth. Right? He did this. <laughs> he would grab Fred Sanford. I had a golden childhood, man. He was coming to join you. Whenever he get in a pickle, whenever things like when he would get in a situation he couldn't get out of, he'd be like, "I got, I'm coming to join you." You know, we're kind of like that, but but ours is more like this. We got a, we got a heart mind, a heart mind. He said, "I'm going to expose your heart mind," and we all have a heart mind condition if we're honest. A heart-mind condition. He said, I will expose the thoughts I will reveal. The, the thoughts, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. They'll be exposed. I have a heart-mind condition. What's a heart-mind condition? Well, heart-mind condition is when my heart allows my mind to have access so my feelings can be justified. <laughs> that one hurts a little bit. I know. I know because we all have a heart-mind condition. Because we, we you say we want our heart to be justified. And Jeremiah 17 tells us, don't trust your heart, man. All this lying about, oh, just follow your heart. You better not follow your heart. Your heart is wicked, dude. Your heart, your heart will have you strung out. Day late, dollar short, man, it'll have you in debt. Your heart is no, not to be trusted. And the last thing you could do is to have your mind suddenly corrupted, telling your heart it's justified in how it feels. Because here's how your, mind, your heart mind will talk to you. Your heart mind will talk to you like this. You'll be like, yeah, do you remember when they said what they said? And your heart will say, Yeah. I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I rem- And you know what? Did, did you see the face they made when they said what they said? Then I heard they were saying this, man, you should be real mad, big mad, super mad. We, we should hate them. Let's hate them. You know, And they, they start talking to each other. And the next thing you know, you got a heart-mind condition about to have a heart-mind attack. Because you've allowed your heart, you didn't take your thoughts to the cross to correct your heart, to tell your heart, it doesn't matter what you feel, feelings ain't meant to be followed, feelings are meant to be... to be felt but you got it you got to correct your feelings also just because you feel something doesn't mean that something's right you better talk to the cross you better take your thoughts to the cross of christ so they can be purified so that way your heart can be corrected when it's feeling something not right he said i'm going to expose the hearts of many those of us who will receive We just have to say, Jesus, search my heart. Search my heart and sift through the thoughts of my mind and my heart until they're pure. Until they're pure. And at the end of Jeremiah 17, 9, we we rarely read this part, but it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then it says, who can know it? Who can know it? Jesus. It's only Jesus. If you receive Christ, he will expose. He's, a, he's the great exposer. He, he he won't let your heart harbor. anything that's against his will you know that he will bring correct he he said i will expose the the thoughts of of many will be exposed you won't be able to hide you won't be able to cover it up with a smile no no i'm good you won't be able to cover it up He's like, I will expose that. I'll reveal it. I won't let your heart harbor sin, feelings of offense and anger, vitriol, disdain, anxiety, worry. No, no. He'll expose them if you receive Him. So, who who knows the heart? But God. Stand your feet with me as we close. And just invite you to pray this prayer with me. Somebody's car's going off. Somebody set the alarm like, I'm going to set this alarm off. This preacher's going to get done preaching at 1.49. I'm done. I'm going to catch the second half of the Browns game no matter what. You know what I'm Come on with me. just. Just open your hands up like this to the Lord and let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, make me a Simeon. I want to be someone who lives purposely to see you, Jesus. Give me a revelation and an experience so compelling that I'm willing to sacrifice everything behold you once Jesus stop me from tripping tell me when I'm tripping convict me when I'm tripping Jesus be revealed in my darkness light my darkness Jesus help my eyes to see clearly every sign that's from you in jesus expose my heart and make it clean in jesus name if you're here today and you've never called upon the name of the lord you've never genuinely surrendered your life to christ and you don't know today where you would spend eternity, I want you to know today. You will live forever. You will live forever. You can search that word and it'll you'll you'll find that what I'm telling you is true. You are going to live forever. You're going to live forever, either in eternity with God or hell. And the decision, there is no middle ground. I'm gonna cut it to you hard and fast. If you're here today, you're watching online. I want you to know you walk out those doors today one of two ways born again blood-bought going to heaven bring heaven where you walk out those doors today destined for a hell that was never created for you the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus and you must be born again that's what the Bible says you must be you cannot see the father without going through Jesus. So if you're here today and you've never, you've never given your life fully to Christ, Christians in the room are going to begin to pray. Those online, those watching all over the internet are going to be praying. I invite everybody to bow their hearts and their heads before the Lord. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, to pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. It goes something like this. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins come into my heart and make me new and i just declare right now if you prayed that prayer you feel the newness of god wash right over you if you're returning you say i've been rebellious and i'm returning you feel the washing of god right now make me new take this life change this world I give you my life. You don't have to take it. I surrender it. Take my life now and change this world all for your glory. Amen. Amen. If you gave your life to Christ today, we want to pray for you. Some altar ministers will be up here. If you're watching online, you gave your life to Christ. We want to pray for you. If you need prayer in your physical body today, if you need encouragement, you need a word from God, direction from God, we want to pray for you as well. Thank you for being a part of our Sunday afternoon worship experience. I pray the Cleveland Browns are winning for you. You came to church, so I'm sure they're winning because you were here interceding for them. God bless you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being a part of our service. God bless you as you go.